This is episode 71 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today, Susan Friedland is returning to the show. Susan is a middle grade school teacher by day and a horse girl 24-7. The displaced Midwesterner who lives in Southern California blogs about real horse life on her blog, Saddle Seeks Horse, featuring alfalfa scraps in her handbag, always dusty riding boots, and product reviews for equestrians. Susan is the author of three books, and her writing has been featured in Horse Illustrated, Sidelines, Horse Nation, and Equitrucking. Trot along with Susan in her handsome thoroughbred night at SaddleSeeksHorse.com and SaddleSeeksHorse on Facebook and Instagram. Susan is returning to the show today to take us on a deep dive into what it's like to be a successful blogger. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm so excited to have my friend and fellow author, Susan Friedland, back on the show. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Carly. It's always really fun to see you and talk to you about all the things, horses and books and business. I'm excited. Me too. The best topics on earth, right? Uh, And today, Susan's come back on the show to talk to us about blogging. We're going to take a deep dive into the world of blogging and how that can help authors get the word out about their books and reach readers. But before we jump into the world of blogging, Susan, since we last talked, how are things going? Like, have you had any new adventures with Knight? I know you were exploring fox hunting the last time you were on the show. Yes. My most recent fox hunting adventure actually wasn't with Knight. I, I don't know if people know this, if they're not fox hunters, but one of the cool things about it is if you're a member of your local fox hunt, that kind of opens doors for you if you were to travel to go ride with other hunts if they have horses available. So I was recently visiting my family in Illinois and um, had a chance to ride with one of the fox hunts there. And it's just always great to meet fellow horse crazy people and, you know, kind of reconnect. Uh, it's from the area where I grew up, but, I, you know, the people were, I was going to say strangers to me, but they weren't strangers. They were familiar because they were also horse people. And so it was really neat. Before we get even closer to talking blogging, you, since you've been on the show, have a new book out called Strands of Hope. Can you talk to us about your new book? We'll do some show and tell, Strands of Hope. Well, it's kind of a sad book. It's about how you grieve if you've lost a horse. I debated whether or not I should even like bring it to the world because like, I don't want to be known as the horse grief lady and what a downer, (laughs) you know? But it's such a universal experience. I know not everyone has had a horse pass away because some people, you know, they're very into showing and they're, you know, upgrading and that sort of thing. But I don't know. It just seemed like there was a need and it was born out of a blog post. And so, yeah, so I did publish it and I've gotten some uh, responses from people that are just, it's very touching to know that me as a stranger far away from wherever they are can help them feel a little bit less alone and a little more hopeful. Last week, someone connected with me on Instagram and she had a horse that looked almost identical. She said, you know, my horse reminded me of night. Like they look so similar and uh, very young horse, colicked. And then that was that. So I just, I sent her the book because it's like, this is just, so tragic and uh so she messaged me back and you know i'm gonna go look at a mustang i think it might be too er too soon and i you know said you'll know you'll know when you see that horse Mm -hmm. so it's it's a neat way to be able to connect 
uh, I kind of feel like a big sister. <laughs> like I've gone through this and it totally sucks, but there are other people who understand that pain and you're not silly and for feeling so devastated over an animal. Well, they're like our best friends, but I will say you were so kind and generous to send me a copy of your book and I read it. And at first, and I actually said this in the review that I left for it on Amazon, I was a little nervous, right? Because this is a topic that, you know, is very, very difficult. Like thinking of losing your heart horse is hard. And I, and I was nervous, but I read it and you did such a fabulous job handling this topic. You know, I, it was not sad. It was totally engaging. You, you shared stories of other people that have gone through this. You shared your own, you shared some ways in which you can manage it. And I actually feel like I'm more prepared having read this book for if something should happen, fingers crossed, to my heart horse, you know, and, and I think it's a wonderful gift that you provided writing this book for horse owners, because there's nothing else like that out there and how to be with this because they are so important to us. So I think you did an amazing job with this, with this subject. Thank you. That really means a lot. Mm -hmm. I would recommend anyone who's a horse lover to pick up a copy of this, you know, whether you're in that position or not. And it's tough. That's not easy. So the, the blog post that inspired this, talk to us a little bit about how, how that went from blog post subject to book. Uh, because, because this is kind of the start of talking about blogging, because blogging can be a medium for like maybe test driving content to see what people respond to that then you can think about expanding into subject matter for a book if you're blogging and you're an author. Would you talk a little bit about why you decided to take that blog post to a book? Yeah, so I love what you just said, Carly, about test driving. And I've never really thought of it that way. And that's perfect. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so yeah, a blog post is like test driving. Um, so what happened years ago, I was really active on Twitter with um, Twitter chats. And I don't know, there's probably still Twitter chats, but it's really cool because it's a way to communicate. Um, it's called Horse Hour. I don't know if they're still doing it but you can be basically on Twitter at the same time with other horse lovers all around the globe talking about a topic. And one week, the topic they had was about losing a horse. There was a gal in the UK that just was devastated. And it, and it was not a recent loss. I think she had lost the horse a while ago, but she just had a lot of guilt. Just it was very deep pain for her. And, uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but again, that kind of big sister, like, well, you know, I know that deep pain because I lived that. Gosh, I don't want to write about that. But if I could bring something to life on a, my website and uh, she reads it, maybe feels better for a few minutes, then that'll be worth it. So I did, uh, you know, people like lists. So um, I believe the title of the blog post is How to Grieve the Loss of a Horse in 10 Not-So-Easy Steps. Mm. It's, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> it's not easy. Like, that's an understatement of the year. So I just wrote really, like, what I did. And in my situation, horse was completely healthy, and then he was not. Mm. And then you have to make this decision. And so, you know, it's so stunning and shocking, and you're... Like, I think they say denial or whatever. I wasn't in denial, but it's just like, whoa, like the whole paradigm of who I am has shifted. I don't have a horse anymore. What, what do I do with that? How do I sit with that? So I just, it was kind of me uh, entering that uh, moment in time and that day and the weeks after, and then just chronicling it and then drawing out of that, like some of these steps that I went through. So over time, I mean, this was like five years ago, I think, that blog post just continues to get a lot of traffic. I haven't checked it lately, but there was a point where if you typed in, I think it was, you know, grieving a horse or how to grieve a horse, it was coming in uh, top page of Google search. So yeah, I just kind of saw that and thought, you know, maybe I should write a little, a book. So your blog post reached the you know, when people are searching this term, the first page of Google, which is not an easy feat. So that sparked you to write this book. You know, I had written, you know, my first book 
courses door to manager and that took me years and years to do and it's really straight from the heart and a lot of embarrassing things and all that that was an arduous process but then this went a little faster I'm not really a fast writer but it was like I already had the outline mm -hmm. the 10 easy steps so I was able to kind of you know flesh them out more into chapters and it was very important for me too that the book not be a long book because <laughs> Who wants to sit there and read a 300-page book about such a sad topic? I tried to keep it brief and very practical. So that's how it came to life. And then I thought, you know, I really want to expand this beyond me because people will relate to my story, but there's so many other stories out there. Um, I had owned my horse 16 years. There are people who've had ponies for 30 years. Mm. You know, how do you deal with that? I had a friend uh, who got that terrible phone call. Her horse was standing on three legs in the pasture. We need you to come down here now. The vet's here. So, like, there's different types of end of life for our horses. Yeah, it was really well done. And I like that you shared stories from other other equestrians in different situations there's like the loss of the the childhood pony there's the you know the loss of a horse through injury there's the loss of a dream and a career that you were hoping that this horse could take and they, and they can't so you explore a lot of different avenues and and you, you did a really great job with this book and everyone listening this stemmed from a blog post. She had the outline, she had the backbone, she tested it. She knew there were people that were interested in this particular topic, which then led her to write a book. So Susan is the equestrian behind Saddle Seeks Horse, which is a very, very popular equestrian blog. And, and you've been at it for, for a while. And Susan talks all about the beginnings of Saddle Seeks Horse in her earlier episode with me, which I'll link to in the show notes. But Today, you are sharing with us insights into blogging best practices and, and how, you, how a blog can, can work well for you. Uh, and then again, and we're going to talk about a few things to avoid. So before we jump into the nitty gritty, would you share with listeners quickly what you cover on your blog and what inspired you to start blogging? And then we'll move into the deep dive. Sure. Sure. So my blog really, as many blogs do, started out as like a journal. So in the early days, circa 2013, I, you know, I had lost my horse and I was in the process of getting ready to start horse shopping again. So I was journaling about this. And then as it developed, it was once I found my horse, then it was like, okay, here's what we're learning in our lessons. There had been a lot of innovation in equestrian gear and apparel in the time that I had kind of been away from horses. So then it was like, well, you know, what kind of boots do I get now? What mm -hmm. kind of helmet? So it just kind of evolved from being more personal about me and my experiences. And then it started like, well, okay, what's something that I'm trying to figure out that can help other people. It skews more English related, but I think just anyone who's kind of a I don't want to say do it yourself, a horsewoman, because I don't have my horse in my backyard, but uh, just it's called, you know, the equestrian blog for the, you know, the everyday equestrian. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a fancy person who has people for all the jobs, you know, I'm <laughs> me. I uh, sadly, I don't get to ride every day because my horse lives far away, but I'm trying to be the best horse owner I can and maximize my time, which is you know, a precious commodity for us all. It's lifestyle. If you say it's a lifestyle blog, then you can really blog about anything and mm -hmm. it works. Okay. So it's a lifestyle blog. Yeah. And I, I, I love your blog because I feel like it, it serves you as well as it serves your readers because you, you're sort of like uh, investigating things that are interesting to you. It started, started out this investigation and then it kind of grew as, as the blog grew in popularity which sort of leads me to my next question. Why would you suggest that an author consider starting a blog? Uh, because, because some authors don't, some authors might want to, I, I have one, you have one. What, what would be your recommendation to an author who is considering starting a blog? Oh, discoverability for mm -hmm. sure. Discoverability opportunities to 
network with other bloggers. I just think having that presence puts you on the radar. And I know you're really good about selling your own books on your site. That's, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have exact stats, but I know that your profit margins are higher if you're selling directly as opposed to having a middleman, whatever, whomever the middleman or middlewoman is. So yeah, the blog is slash website, if we could kind of use that interchangeably, I think is really important for all authors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, having at least a website presence under your, your name is usually the best way is, is important for discoverability, but blogging uh, about a particular subject of interest to you or, or relatable to your book is another way. Like, for example, Susan, you you get an idea for a book from a blog post that you wrote, but people are also discovering your book, which is an expansion of that blog post. So it works hand in hand to figure out what you might want to write about, explore what you topics you're interested in, but then also drive people to your website in order to purchase your book. So it sort of works 360 and backwards. You know, it's like a interesting web to bring people to you. Now, if an author doesn't have a blog, and wants to start one, what are some things that they should consider before starting the blog? Consistency is very important. Yeah. Knowing search terms and keywords and how to use that best, some SEO best practices, I imagine. What are some things that they should consider before saying, I'm going to start a blog? Like, don't be afraid of the technology because I'm not a tech person <laughs> at all. And if I can learn how to use WordPress, uh, self-hosted, anyone can. Like for real. And I would say like simple is great. You can pick a theme, get your hosting. It does not have to be fancy, but like it should be modern. I see some writers have what look like kind of older websites mm -hmm. that are not connected into their social media platforms. And that's the other thing too, is I actually had my blog. Um, initially it was my name, but then I changed it to be Saddle Seeks Horse because that started becoming more known. I thought, yeah, people are going to know about that blog. They're going to remember mm -hmm. that more than they're going to remember Susan Friedland. Mm -hmm. and, um, so it, depending on like where each person's at and his or her journey, like it might be better to do like you have your name is very clearly part of your brand. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered your question or went off on a tangent there. But. Well, actually, this is this is a great topic, and and you have it's like what what are some things authors should consider be, before starting a blog? So that is an interesting conversation because Saddle Seeks Horse was a blog and a brand and an influencer in it of itself while you were writing a book. So people started to know that before you you were an author of your book, even though they partnered, you know. So uh, what I've noticed, and this is a great conversation, what I've noticed is a lot of authors that have the influencer brands and then their books start gaining in popularity, they actually start like a secondary website under their name that just hosts information about the books but drives back to the original blogging site. So that's just a, that's another way you can consider these things. It, it sort of de depends where you start, start out and what the goal is. But what's, what's so interesting is I knew you before we actually met each other as Saddle Seeks Horse. I just thought Saddle Seeks Horse, you know, it's interesting. But now that you have books and you're selling them in tax shops and you're going to speaking engagements and you're doing things around the books, people are going to start knowing you because you're the author of books, right? So they are going to type in Susan Friedland books, you know, so it's just a, it's two different ways to look at it that drive traffic to kind of the same source. As far as like, if someone is not blogging and they want to start blogging, make sure that you can get the social media uh, channels in that same name mm. because I had different ones when I was, I'm not really that active on Twitter anymore, but I had a different one for Twitter, different one for Pinterest, different like, so it would be great at the start to just have it be consistent across your website, Instagram, Facebook. And you know, maybe it's not for everyone because honestly, like social media I'm having this very difficult relationship with it right now, but I really think, you know, email marketing is the way to go. We can talk about that later. Yeah, I would 
definitely agree with you on the email marketing, uh, which we can talk about in a second. And and that's a great point because there's a, there's a few things about checking that the social media handles are available. One, you're doing your research to make sure that no one else out there is using the name that you're using and you might be infringing on someone's rights, right? You know, whether they're a publication or something else, but it actually may influence how you want to name your blog. So it's in, and you want your account to be pretty much mirrored all the way across so people can find you in all the different places. That's a great recommendation. Now, here we go. Email marketing. Talk to us about the importance of having a newsletter. Well, it's a way to stay connected with people because it's a reminder to people like, Hey, here's what I recently published on the blog. It's a way to really get deep with them. And by that, like, uh, how are people going to remember to go to my website, you know, in an email and it's like, Oh, Hey, there's Susan that, yeah, I like that blog. And you know, she seems like a fun person I'd like to ride with and they'll open it up. And, and I can tell them what's going on and I can tell them things too, that are maybe a little more private that I don't want to share on the website for all the world to see. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to connect email. Just, it works. It's been around for a long time and it's going to be around for a long time. I'm just going to keep emailing the people who've signed up, you know, they're, uh, they've given me permission to connect and communicate with them and I'm going to let them know what's going on. I'm going to tell them about my new book. So it's just a more direct way. You don't have middlemen and it's like writing a letter. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's like writing a note to a friend. Here's what's going on. I think people enjoy the, I mean, I've had people respond like, I really always enjoy getting these updates and stuff. So. Yeah. And I think you're talking about something really important here is, is you're building a relationship with the people who follow your blog via your email newsletter. So you're having a conversation, you're sharing things that are a little more personal. You're not just hitting them up every time you have a new blog post or a new book to sell. You're actually opening up a little bit and, and talking to these people like your friends. So you're sharing important, interesting things with them, not just throwing them a buy my book newsletter or read my newest post. You're taking time to have an intimate relationship with them. And that, and what's so special about that is when people give you an email address, they trust you and they like what you do. They like you. They want to know about you there, you know, because we do all receive a lot of spam. So, so take care with the gift of an email address and send, send interesting things to the people who like you and you can reach them. If, if Facebook dissolved or Instagram went away or Twitter went away, you would have really no way to reach all those people who have been following you and a really nicely cultivated email list. You can always reach these people through your, you know, through your blog and then through this email system to let them know what you're up to. I mean, do you have any comments on, on that? Because I think email is so important, but it has to be done in a certain way to be effective, right? Yeah. And I do like, I subscribe to a lot of email newsletters because I want to see like, okay, do I like it? Why did I open that one? I look at subject lines, you know, there's just frequency. I, I mean, I'm kind of a student of all the things, you know, my list isn't as robust as some of the really big players out there, but I've thought about that number and I, you've probably heard this too. I don't know which you know, a teacher of online business out there said this, but if you had all of those subscribers in a room and you were at a podium speaking to them and I'd be really scared (laughs) because I was like, that's a large crowd. You know, it's not as vast as I would like for it to be, but it's, you know, a good group. And yeah, so it is a privilege. And I just look at it like, what can I do that's going to help them mm-hmm. have a better equestrian experience? So your what you cover is very useful for people and you frame it in a in a new way inside your newsletter where you're sharing with your friends. Here's what's going on, here's some things that are useful for you. Check it out. The thing about a fan base is that I heard like the magic number is a thousand. If you have a thousand engaged people who are interested in you, your brand, your book, what you're doing. That's how you need to be successful. I think there's a book out there called like the magic 
thousand. I think I've read that. I think it's a it was a blog post or something. A thousand yeah. true fans or something. Yeah, yeah, that was it. A thousand true fans. You should do that actually in the show notes. Yeah, and I will include that link in the show notes because you know they, we have this idea, and I think it's you know it's just the the looking good thing of social media and and doing the things that we do out in you know the internet realm is that we need millions of people to like our stuff to be successful and that's just not true you know if you if you are really good to the people that like what you're doing you don't need huge numbers of followers you just have to be engaged and good to them and a thousand will do and then I like to you you you're you're interesting because you test drive in different places so you test drive topics for blog posts in social media your blog then sort of test drives different topics for potentially books. So, so you're doing a lot of testing in different places and I'm, you know, I'm sure it's not like, it's just interesting to you, but that's sort of how you find your content is, is just like test driving things in different places. Is, is that about right? Yeah. So for example, if I do intend to stick with fox hunting, which I want to, I kind of need to have a horse trailer. I don't have a horse trailer. I don't have a truck. I don't know anything about that. A dear sweet friend <laughs> gave me a lesson on horse trailer driving in an empty parking lot. That was quite hilarious, but I couldn't back up so well. But so I wanted to kind of explore that. And so again, in that social media, I had questions in there, like net load versus straight load, gooseneck versus bumper pull. And people are very passionate about what they think about horse trailers. So I was able to do a blog post. And I think it was something to the effect of like 42 horse trailer shopping tips. And it was just things I never would have thought about regarding getting a horse trailer and the pros and cons of the various styles, the various brands. And then, oh yeah, the truck. Yeah. So a lot of it, it is, I'm trying to figure something out for myself. So maybe I should write a little book about trailer shopping, which again, I always feel like with the grief book too, Strands of Hope, like, well, I'm not an expert right? I've only lost one horse. I'm not a minister. I'm not a psychologist, but then it's like, well, there's a whole host of people out there too, that we're kind of all trying to figure this out together. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, you know, I'm a teacher, my day job, I've taught for 20 years. Educational research shows that newer learners are frequently more effective teachers than someone who's been doing it for a while, which is why, you know, in a lot of modern day education settings, students are working in collaborative groups. So if, you know, one kid doesn't understand how to do the math problem, yeah, the teacher can explain it, but probably a peer who gets it can explain it better. So that might be part of what is appealing about when I'm writing about kissing spine. Like, wow, I've heard of it. I had no idea what it was. I'm not an expert. I'm not a veterinarian, not a trainer, but this is what I'm learning about it. And I can share it with someone else. That's, I think you should write the horse trailer slash truck <laughs> book, because I think that would be a useful resource because I, I like how you're talking because there's a lot of like information out there, but it's like everywhere. I like what you, you know, you're talking about is bringing it all together in one place that makes sense, you know, with all the considerations written by an equestrian for equestrians, you know, without an alternative, without an ulterior motive, you know, like without trying to sell the horse trailer, right? Like really just bringing the information that we need to know, because I'm in the market for a new truck. So I would probably read that too, to go along with my three horse slant load step up gooseneck and goosenecks are easier to back up than bumper poles. I have heard that. I have heard that. You know, what for you has been the best part of blogging but then on the flip side of that what has been like the hardest thing about blogging the best part of blogging I believe is just that it's open doors for very unique experiences and relationships so I've made you I've made friends with you and we know each other in real life not just on the screen mm -hmm. and I've met another you know several other people who are some of my dearest, bestest friends right now that I would have never met without blogging. It's been an incredible resource in terms of like when I was dealing with trying to figure out why my horse kept having ulcers or the kissing spot, like 
the comments you get from people, the responses from email, the emails that I send out. Um, I learn a lot from my audience as well. So I'm smarter because of them. And also just opportunities working with, you know, brands and events. And, you know, there were several of us Los Angeles based course blogger slash influencer types that got to go on a junket with uh, Focus Films for the Mustang movie. And that was awesome. We got, you know, put up at a very fancy hotel in Santa Barbara. How cool. If you've ever been to Santa Barbara, like it is amazing. Um, so that was just a really neat thing. And obviously the writing. So it's established me as a credible force in the equestrian realm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't have a journalism background. I mean, I took classes a few here and there in college. I'm a political science major. <laughs> yeah, I think just, and then obviously with the blogging too, the more you blog, the more you write, the better of a writer you become. Mm -hmm. So I like, I could go on and on, but we have a limited time for this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so blogging, it's, it's been fantastic. And then the hardest part? The tech. And also I would say sometimes I write a blog post and I feel like, oh, I just hit a home run. This is amazing. Everyone needs to read this. It's going to revolutionize their equestrian life. And then crickets. One blog post I had, okay, there were these cup holders on the arena, <laughs> the outdoor, well, I guess we only have outdoor arenas here in California, but the fence line, they made these little like cup holders. So you could put your water bottle in there when you're riding around. And it's perfect. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I took pictures of it. And that blog post got so many comments. And it was like so all this love. And it's like, it's just a picture of a stupid arena fence. <laughs> and then, you know, I poured my heart into these other things. And I'm sure my mom's read them. But I don't, it's a funny thing. Yeah, it, it is interesting the things that you think often people will react to, they don't. And then the, these other things like really, really take off. It's just, you know, it's very interesting. But it, it's also another way to get to know your readers and what they're looking for. And, you know, everything is a test. You know, I, that's how, kind of how I think of it. And your mom is wonderful, by the way. I, she's so sweet. I, I was so happy to meet her at the American Horse Publications uh, seminars. And then, you know, she just, she follows me on social media. She's so sweet. Uh, you know, but that brings up a, like an interesting question. Like you have a full-time job, you have a horse, you write books. Those are all very time consuming other duties. Like how do you handle the pressure of constantly having to come up with content for your blog, but then have to manage social media in, in addition to that? Like, how do you, how do you figure that out? Do you have time set aside? Do you limit yourself when you're in social? Like, how do you Yeah, I'm a very piecemeal kind of person. I've always been that way. Like I can, which is probably why I have multiple projects. You know, I don't know. I, know. I have some friends that like, they will sit down and do a thing and just hang in there, not eat, not come up for air, stay up all night, get it done. That's never been me. So I, I'm, I'm like a plotter. I just keep plodding along bit by bit. I just am good at finding pockets of time. I don't, I know you're very disciplined with the routine. I wish I had that. But, um, <laughs> it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. yeah. I never, I never struggle. Like I have so many ideas for blog posts and but like, I won't be able to, <laughs> to live long enough to act on them all. So like the ideas part is never a problem for me. It's the sitting down and executing. Like this third book, if it's okay, I'll tell you a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, please tell um, us a little bit about that. Okay, so it's called Unbridled Creativity, 101 Writing Prompts for the Horse Lover. Oh my because gosh. I have books, like kind of creative journals and stuff. And I just thought like, it would be really fun to have horsey themes to write on. And, you know, it's, uh, they could maybe be the basis for blog posts, but you know, I don't teach English anymore. I teach history, but I taught English for years. And so I kind of know how to create uh, prompts that will elicit, you know, a, a good response. And so I just thought of different types of writing that like, these are the genres that 
I've taught, you know, you teach persuasion, you teach narrative, you teach all these different things. And I don't, maybe it would be a resource for homeschool moms mm -hmm. that have kids who love horses. Maybe it's just for people who want to, you know, write and have a creative outlet. I'm connecting it into my uh, blog because uh, again, educational research, the way people learn how to be better writers is by seeing samples, seeing models. We call these mentor texts. Mm. So I took some of the prompts and um, I have a page on my website where if someone wasn't really sure how to get going on a prompt, they could see the sample that I did and give them that idea. Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. See, this is another example of how the blog can connect to the book, but the book can connect to the blog. I'm like, this has been such a cool conversation because the blog really connects. It's like the, 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 the center of the spokes all the way around. Everything kind of leads back to it, but then leads back out to the bigger circle and, and produces all, all of this, this content and possibilities for you. You are really great at collaborating and, and working with other authors specifically like you and I have worked together on kind of thinking through a newsletter swap where we where we worked with a lot of other authors and it was very successful during the time of COVID we all discounted our books and you know sort of your brainchild so you you've done a lot of collaborations talk about the value of collaborating with other influencers bloggers authors and how that can benefit your blog well I think it's important to not think of other people as competition. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Because like there, in terms of books, right. If someone's going to read a horse book, like one author could not crank out enough horse books to satisfy. You know, like you're into romance. I'm into more memoir, nonfiction stuff. So there's, there's like something for everyone. Do you think it's important to connect with people? I did this early on when I was blogging and I reached out to, I know you've had her on your show, um, Raquel. From oh, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's actually one of the people I mentioned earlier, like I've become friends with her in real life. So I reached out early on, um, to connect with Raquel and, you know, I thought I'm a teacher. I've tutored people. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know her. I didn't think it was appropriate for me to be like, Hey, can you help me, you know, with my blogging? So I just, proposed to her I was like how about I can hire you to kind of like tutor me a little bit mm -hmm. and I told her what my rate was that I received as a tutor and she was cool with that and so that is how we initially got to know each other she helped me a lot and then you know I started figuring some things out and so I think it's important to reach out to people. I think it's important. I, I've heard someone, and I don't remember who now, but someone in kind of the blogging space say like, you want to connect with people who are further along in the journey than you and people who are like starting out more so. And, mm -hmm. you know, cause you can help, you can all help each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you, you know, you, I reached out to you to help me navigate publishing and you recommended a book and we you know spent some time on that one I really appreciate that oh, I was happy um, to help yeah so there you have it <laughs> collaboration is is very cool and I love what you said about others not being your competition because we you know when we lift each other up we all are lifted up right and and I think there was there was something that said like we could all be given the exact same story prompt at the exact same time and every single one of us will write a completely different story because it's from our brains, right? So, so no, ma no matter what, all our stories are different. They just happen to have horses at the center. So when we work together, so much is possible. And I like how you talked about, you know, reaching out to people that you admire, but I think working in collaboration requires getting to know what someone's up to, like reading their blog, listening to their podcast, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, checking out a little bit about who they are, and then, you know, maybe start following them on social media, and then, you know, talk to them a little bit, at, you know, on their comments, and like, get to know the person, and, you know, war warm, warm up to each other, and get to know each other, or, you know, open up that dialogue, but don't, it's like, 
don't just reach out and expect something. You know, I think that that that's yeah. how collaboration is most powerful is when you're getting to know each other rather than just expecting something. You know, it's like it's like support each other. How do we help each other out? It's always easier when when you've established kind of a relationship with someone before just reaching out and having an ask. Like when you reached out to Raquel, you didn't just expect that she would help you. You offered to pay for her time so so you could learn from her and that and then that established a relationship uh between the two of you and i think that that was a, a really good way to to approach that so do you have any thoughts on like how to cultivate a relationship with someone that you'd like to learn from yeah i guess I, yeah i agree with everything you said in terms of like getting to know what people are about in that so like an example of what not to do <laughs> I'm uh, sure you, you know, get like, a lot like, of pitches. Okay, so Carly writes fiction. She's very passionate about, I don't know, equestrian romance. Do you call it comedy romance or does that mean real steamy? Uh, well, I call it equestrian romance because it's an element yeah. of actually knowing what's going on with the horses. Yes, I have a, a good looking cowboy, but cowboy romance is a little bit Fabio, a little bit yeah. more hot than, than mine tend to go. Uh, so I sort of try to stay on the equestrian romance. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> but anyway, so, and, you know, I'm more nonfiction, memoir type thing. So, you know, I've had people reach out to me and they want to send me their novel or mm -hmm. something. It's like, I'm not really a novel. Like people I know mm -hmm. that I'm in relationship, like, yes, I will support and read and what have you. So I think it is important to kind of follow along to know what, because it, you know, equestrian is broad, but like within that, there's certain things they're passionate about. I had um, a shop that was really big into like Western wear kind of stuff. And I just thought like, I love it. It's cool. It's not really my style. Mm -hmm. I, so that's not a good, there would not be a good fit with that. If you're trying to connect, just connect because there's genuinely something there. Like if you were at a party in real life, if there weren't COVID, you know, like, would you be in a corner chatting with that person and just like in a really deep conversation? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and it's your responsibility to do a little research before you reach out to people. Do, is this a good fit? Does this make sense for, for them? Not, you know, not just for yourself, but for, for them, you know, right. like I, I get strange pitches all the time from like, like pesticide fly spray companies and things like that and I'm like I have you even looked at at my website oh, yeah I get one I just got one like they think I think because the name saddle is in my site that they think I'm a tax shop and it's like an overseas place we want to provide you with the best riding gloves we want to provide you with the best and I'm like I'm not I don't want to sell riding gloves but. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's it just you know get to know who who you are reaching out to and and start a relationship and you know how can you help them not just how can they help you I think that's that's so important. So you know we've covered a lot of ground. What would your advice be for someone who has started a blog but hasn't really gotten any momentum going? What are some of the consistency rhythms that you use in your blogging strategy? Okay. Well, what I do won't work for everyone and it, right. might, it might not even be the best practice for me. I feel like that is something I experiment with mm -hmm. right now at this phase, I publish one blog post per week and I usually try to do that on a Wednesday, but sometimes not. Mm -hmm. And my newsletter goes out every other Friday mm -hmm. and try to be very consistent with both of those. And as far as social media, I try to post once a day for authors. If our strength is in writing words, not necessarily in the visual communication, I think Instagram can be a challenge because I would say don't post if you're going to post something that's not a great image. Mm -hmm. Then as far as Facebook, I try to do once a day. Sometimes I'll get very ambitious and do twice a day on my Saddle Six Horse Facebook page. The thing is, people can share. The blog posts I've had that have gone viral have gone viral because of Facebook, not because of Instagram, not because of Pinterest. So I would say that Facebook is still 
important. And I think it's, you know, I'm middle-aged. I think that demographic is still hanging out there. Now, for authors that are uncertain about why they should have a blog, can, can you, I mean, I think you've given us a lot of reasons why a blog supports an author career, but what advice would you give to an author that has access to a blog or is thinking about starting a blog what, what would you say to them about the practice of blogging that they should know? You, you just got to try it. Just do it. It's not easy. I mean, it is easy and it's not easy because if mm -hmm. you're already a writer, you know how to write. Mm -hmm. Blog writing is a different beast than writing a novel, though. So like you're writing, if you write really long, flowery paragraphs and that, that might not translate so well to a blog but like it can be you know if you already have people who love your books and all that and you want to you know have additional characters or somehow you know getting them coming to your site there's a lot mm -hmm. of things I, I am probably not the person to talk to about it for someone who's deep into the fiction world mm -hmm. but I do think it, it's important to have you know like we said the social medias can go away they can be fickle with who they're showing your information to so I think having a website, having the email newsletter is really important. I'm not a techie person. If I can navigate having a self-hosted WordPress site, you can too. Once you kind of do it a few times, then it, it starts to go faster and then you kind of develop a rhythm and um, it gets easier. Yeah. And I love that you said, figure, you know, educate yourself and, and learn how to use your platform and, and update it and work with it yourself because a lot of people hire you know designers to build websites and then every time they want to make an adjustment or change something they have to go back and pay that person an hourly rate to make updates to their website so you when you when you have a website that hosts your blog you want to be able to work with it and update it yourself because not only do you understand it but you're not it'll save you money in the long run is is that is that a right assessment susan oh yeah i've never like had someone do a website but i've heard like thousands and thousands of dollars for mm -hmm. website or just buy a pretty theme and i love my theme um restored 316 and there's an affiliate link on my blog if you like it but the particular um theme i'm using was they designed it for bloggers mm -hmm. so they optimized it for email newsletter sign up. So it was like, oh, they said this is the one they designed for bloggers. I'm going to go with it. And so did that. And yeah. So And I'm sure it modifies itself via whether it's on a laptop like or on yeah. a on a desktop or a mobile phone because you need to have mobile mobile compatibility nowadays yeah. because most people are reading on their phones. So that's an important thing when you're picking out your website theme right is to make sure yeah. it's compatible for both desktop uh, yeah. and mobile yeah for so sure. yeah and it does that have a certain term or is it it's just called mobile compatible right i'm trying to remember there is a term for that and now i can't think of what it is i, I think we i think it's close <laughs> susan we have talked about so much today and you have opened up quite a bit of insight into blogging and some of the best practices and things to look for i mean this probably could be a five-part series uh to get even more in there but but you've shared a lot of information and go listeners go look at what susan is doing with her blog and and how she's interacting on social media and how she uses it to reach her readers because she's doing a, an incredible job uh of of working with all this and using it as a spoke to to reach different areas and send people back to her website and blog so so you've already talked about what is coming next you have a, a third book the the workbook for creatives equestrian creatives what what else are you curious about where are you heading any new any new projects that are kind of bubbling up in well, your since mind you've been talking now i'm thinking maybe i should write that worst trailer book so, <laughs> um, which again going back to why you need to collaborate with people because you get ideas mm -hmm. from you know fellow creatives authors etc so i appreciate this time carly it's it's fun i want to continue to get better at photography mm. uh last year for small business saturday i bought a very nice nikon camera touted to be 
the perfect starter camera for people <laughs> that only use their cell phones. So I, I need to just practice with it more. Susan, I have so enjoyed having you on the show today. Would you let listeners know where they can find out more about you, uh, what you blog, where your books are, and all the good places where they yeah. can reach you? I would love to invite them. Okay, so my blog is kind of my main hub. It's saddleseekshorse.com. So, you know, just spell the word saddle seeks, like you're looking for something horse.com. And I would also love to have them join my email newsletter list. And, uh, you know, even if they're not a huge fan of off track thoroughbreds and memoir, they could still join it just to kind of get the feel for the rhythm that I'm in um, with connecting with my audience. So, and there are on my site, Saddle Seeks Horse, there's multiple places that you can opt in to my email newsletter list. Uh, the books, I'm, I just started selling them on my site. Hey. And they're actually a little cheaper than that other place. Um, they're <laughs> available also on Amazon. And uh, Instagram, I'm active on that one. Uh, Saddle Seeks Horse is my handle. And then Facebook also, I would love um, to have more Facebook likes and follows. And it's Saddle Seeks Horse on Facebook. And uh, follow me on Pinterest if you're a Pinterest person. That would be great. And the weird thing, Pinterest wouldn't let me do the whole name. So it's like, Saddle seeks horse, but there's no E in saddle. I like helping, you know, it's been my life's work for the last 20 years, helping people learn. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm happy to extend that if there's fellow authors that uh, need a little boost in the realm of getting started with vlogging, et cetera. That is so generous of you to say, Susan, and, and, and you have always been someone who reaches out and helps and shares information openly. and. Thank you for doing that. I, I love our little equestrian author community and blogger community and how we all kind of support each other and lift each other up. And a lot of us are, are women, which makes me really happy. And, uh, you know, thank you for your contributions to our community. I will make sure to link to all the places where uh, listeners can find you in your books, in your blog, in the show notes. I wish you so much continued success. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, Carly. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and riding, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes, and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.